This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Reasons Miami Heat fans are not in their seats whenever the games start for the Miami Heat. It doesn't matter, though. We're all there when it matters most. Watching Miami will pop on the New York Knicks. Certainly done a lot of that in this series. There's a lot of series in action, though, tonight, even series. Uh, it's funny, Joe, because that Heat-Knicks series is the most dominant of the series. It's also the series that I feel like, frankly, nobody outside of Miami's talking about a ton. It's these two series tonight because of how even they have been, obviously. Sixers Celtics tied at two games apiece. They're in action right now. Suns Nuggets, that's tipping off at 10 p.m. Eastern tonight, also tied at two games apiece. And that one... No home team losses so far. We are going to get into that series and what we expect from Game 5 in just a moment. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your production in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Game 4 in that series was a work of art if you like basketball. I cannot say the same against my, about my series. Like... <laughs> So far from it with Nixon Heat. That's some ugly, ugly basketball going on. In Suns Nuggets, it is some beautiful basketball going on, Joe. Devin Booker put up 36 points. He shot 14 of 18, mostly on jumpers in game four. Jokic in the loss had 53 points on 30 shots. Those two stars also added 23 assists. It dwarfed KD's 36-11-6 stat line. Just spectacular basketball for both of these teams. All of the superstars, and yet the Suns were able to even it up. And now they have to deal with that altitude in Denver. There's an old adage that role players play better at home than they do on the road. We talk about this every year in the postseason. I'm going to get into that in just a second, but I have to update this. The Sixers are running the Celtics out of their own building in yeah, game boy, were five. Wrong, huh? Philadelphia 40, Boston 26. The Celtic offense is falling all over themselves. The Sixers are fighting for every loose ball. They've got 16 points in the paint. They are all over the place. They're shooting 57% from the floor and 60% from deep right now. They are putting it on Boston as the game's in a timeout. Back to See, the series. I, pur- I purposely did not mention that for two reasons. First of all, Sports Center, you could have heard the score, but also, more importantly, the real reason I didn't mention it when I mentioned that game was in action right now is, is I really don't like being wrong. And you and I were going in on the 76ers, and we both felt good about Boston tonight. And boy, do we look like we were hecka wrong right I, now. I, I just, I feel, I'm, I'm so wrong. I just feel the need to just bathe in it at this point. Because they, the hustle on the court right now is just insane. The Celtics look completely lost at home. So back to the issue at hand. What's going on in this series? Are the role players from Phoenix going to step up and swing this thing? Because everyone keeps talking about Booker and Durant and how they're combining for 80-plus points per game over the last two. They are carrying the team. But the one thing nobody's paying attention to is that the bench players from Phoenix really stepped up in the two games that were in Arizona. All right, you look at that matchup, two home games, 62 points from the bench on 51% shooting. That's going to win you games in the NBA when Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are on your team, and they're both going off as well. In addition to that, when they play on the road, it's a completely different story. Two road games in Denver, 28 points from the bench on 27% shooting. In that situation, it doesn't matter how good Booker and Durant are going to play. You're not going to be able to beat a team like the Nuggets if you can't get help from anyone else. So that's the big question in game five. 
Will the role players for the Suns finally be able to step up and steal this thing on the road? Or is it going to be Denver putting it on Phoenix like they did in the first two games of the series? Money says Denver because that spread is up to eight. And a lot of people believe some regression, statistically speaking, is coming for the Phoenix Suns. I like what the money says. You mentioned there the role of the Suns bench. The Suns bench has outplayed Denver's bench, particularly in those games there in Phoenix. But like you said, role players play better at home. Also, the Suns had done some shuffling of their bench. It seems like they settled on all shooters. The problem, though, for Arizona is just how much better Denver is at home. Because right now, I just told you what Jokic did in game four phenomenal when you pull the advanced stats on Jokic I had mentioned when we had on Andre Snellings earlier that Jokic is breaking basketball if you missed anything by the way on Joe and Amber check out the podcast on the ESPN app where in Michael Jordan's career box plus minus right is 11.1 right when you pull these kinds of numbers Devin Booker in the postseasons is 12.8 Jokic's over the past three games is 17.5 like it's unbelievable when you pull the advanced statistics of what Jokic is doing here and particularly in this series the problem is he really hasn't been getting much help and it's that bench that he needs the help from well it's those guys who play so much better at home 34 and 7 at Ball Arena is what the Nuggets are at home. They are a different animal at home in the regular season from this season and also 5 and 0 in these playoffs. Those wins, all but one of them have been by at least 9 points at home in these playoffs. They are much more dominant home. And in part, it sounds simple to say, Joe, but the altitude does have something to do with that. Now you're talking about Devin Booker coming off of that performance that he had in game four. You're talking about KD also, who had a hell of a performance in game four as well. You're talking about those guys on short rest having to go to Denver now when they've been playing lights out in Phoenix, go up to that altitude and produce again in order to get past this Denver team. I just... I like Denver tonight because of all that. Let me ask you this. They have that great home field advantage, home court advantage. You've laid it out. We've seen it in the playoffs. We've seen it in the regular season. Can you take them seriously as a title threat knowing their struggles on the road? Because at some point, you're probably going to need to find a way to swing a series on the road unless somehow you win every single home game. Now, if you don't meet Philadelphia or Boston in the finals – then you don't have to worry about that because you would have home court advantage. But if Philly or Boston reaches the NBA Finals, Denver would be the road team and would only get three games there. So with those kind of dramatic splits, is this a team capable of winning the championship if they can't get it done away from mile high? I mean, I thought they were a legitimate contender all season long, so I'm not going to back off of Denver being a legitimate contender. I I definitely think that that they can. Now, will they is a a different conversation, but certainly they can. I don't think it's just the altitude that plays into this. I mean, Jokic is such a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal player here in the postseason. The problem with this Denver team has always been Jokic doesn't have enough around him. He doesn't have enough around him. Well, this is a healthy team now, and it wasn't last year when he was trying to compete. It is a healthy team now. Jokic is sort of out of excuses. Like, at this point, he should as, you know, this back-to-back MVP who's putting up all these gaudy stats here in this current postseason and does have uh, his supporting cast around him now healthy. He should theoretically be able to get past this round of the playoffs, at least make it into a conference finals. And frankly, certainly shouldn't be outlandish to think of that guy playing in an NBA finals. It's more than just the altitude that makes me believe in Denver. I do think that they have the goods to actually compete for, for a true title here, not just a conference one.
I mean, they're stacked between Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. is finally healthy, Jamal Murray, who's healthy, Jokic right. and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's been knocking down threes at home. They've got everything they need. Their starting five can go toe-to-toe with any other starting five in the NBA. And as it pertains to Jokic, if you're going to shoot 66% from the floor, drop 53 points, four rebounds, 11 assists in 39 minutes and lose that game, none of that is going to come back on you. That is going to be on literally everybody else who didn't step up to carry their weight when you drop 53 on Phoenix in a 129-124 loss. He has been absolutely incredible, which is interesting because, of course, he loses the NBA to Joel or the MVP to Joel Embiid. Embiid's been good with when he's been he playing, been Jokic, but he hasn't he has been playing like Jokic. Not been, been Jokic. Jokic is certainly the better player in these playoffs. You mentioned Jamal Murray there. It seems like it, it's like supposed to be Murray and Jokic versus KD and Booker, right? And the yeah. problem there being Jamal Murray. I mean, he, he put up 27, uh, or he scored 30, rather, uh, in the last couple games. But it also took him 27 shots per to get there. So you know, his, uh, his efficiency hasn't quite been right. what you would hope um, from Jamal Murray. I guess that's the weakness there. So when you, when you just go head to head with the stars because of all the names there on the suns, then of course it looks like advantage Phoenix, but that Denver team is stacked. Like you said, a very good team and certainly with a very serious home court advantage tonight, Joe and Amber is presented by progressive insurance coming up next here. Our gambling scandals in sports here to stay. We will get into the latest one. ESPN radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Things are complicated for Iowa and Iowa State, at least when it comes to the investigation 
that may span hundreds of people, quite literally, across those two universities when it comes to betting. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. All you ever have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio to hear us. It is that simple. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Right now, the Hurricanes up 2-1 on the Devils. That is in the second. The Sixers are up by 8 on the Celtics. The Sixers have been very dominant so far in that game, about 10 p.m. Eastern tonight. The Suns and the Nuggets will tip off as well. But let's talk about what's happening here with this latest betting scandal. It seems like we're getting these a bit more often. Iowa and Iowa State, Joe, are investigating gambling related to their student athletic departments. Now, this is not just student athletes involved in this investigation, but they are saying that there are dozens of student athletes that are 26 athletes who participated in baseball, football, basketball, track and field, wrestling, and some athletic department employees, as well as some others that are not considered athletes or part of the athletic department. So a huge investigation uh, with a lot of people involved that has been launched. That includes potentially NCAA violations. And also there may be a criminal angle to this. So the criminal arm of the state of Iowa is also investigating this. You're getting the investigation from the gambling commission there in the state of Iowa and also uh, the criminal arm as well. Uh, it doesn't look good. I can tell you that, Joe, and it ain't the first one that we've gotten here in the last few weeks. Big headline, sexy story, because, of course, there's a scandal involved. We don't have a lot of details, unfortunately. We have, like, numbers in terms of individuals, how many people. Some at Iowa, a lot of them are either graduates that used to play sports or maybe someone within the athletic department. So details are still emerging. There's not a whole lot of opinion you can have on this just yet. One thing to keep in mind is that no one's saying anything about any of these players betting on or against games that they were participating in. It's not like we're hearing right now that Iowa football players were betting against the Hawkeyes in Iowa football games. You can get in trouble as a collegiate student by betting on pro sports if that pro sport has a championship that they also have in the NCAA. For example, football. There is a football, a college football championship. Therefore, you cannot bet on the NFL. So you might have a college wrestler or a college baseball player who made a bet on the Chiefs-Bengals playoff game, and that would be a violation of the rules. You would get in trouble for that even though it's not really anything that's all that, shall I say, tawdry, right? It's not like it's that scandalous. It's just stupid. You have to understand you can't make bets on things like that. Therefore, you should not make bets on things like that. But this is, again, the system in place showing us that it is working because what we have right now are individuals who shouldn't be betting, but they're getting caught and reported relatively quickly. That's what this is supposed to be about. It's a system of increased regulation, increased scrutiny. These licenses, these, these companies do not want to lose their licenses, so they're going to be on top of it. You know, if you're going to register under your own name, like we saw with guys in the NFL, and then you're going to bet NBA games from team facilities, you're going to get caught because these, these, these regulators and these individuals who take bets, they know who you are. They're going to report you to the NFL. Yeah, when you're betting from the, your phone... They know who you are, okay? And it raises 
all sorts. When Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> goes to DraftKings and my types, and, no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, really, I, you know, they have ways of tracking all of this. And all of these gaming commissions now are also involved in overseeing this. They all have a vested interest in ensuring that athletes cannot be involved in this sort of thing because, of course, they also do not. They want to ensure that things are above board and, and that uh, games aren't being thrown. So there's all sorts of rules. Now, this is all new territory. The legalization of gambling, certainly a new thing across the country. And so because of that, it's a lot of new rules, I think, for these NCAA athletes to probably get used to. Like you just said, this idea that they cannot bet on basically darn near anything because it can't be anything with the championship uh, at any level of sport if the NCAA has a champion. So basically, you can't bet on anything except for maybe horse racing, right? Like horse racing would probably be safe if you bet on the Kentucky Derby and everything else you pretty much can't bet on if you're an NCAA athlete. What has happened is I know Florida, for example, just put out into their entire athletic department, you know, another, hey, this is, these are the rules, you know, coming off of this Iowa story and Iowa State story. A lot of universities around the country have done that and redistributing these rules to all parties involved, their student athletes, the people who work for the athletic department, the student volunteers, everybody. Hey, this is what it means, which essentially, again, it's not just pure betting too. It's not just going on a betting site or going to a sports book. It's also things like money involved in March Madness or by the way, fantasy football as well, if there's a betting component to that. So you could imagine where navigating this would be complicated initially for NCAA athletes. I think what ends up coming out of some of these scandals is eventually NCAA athletes will probably just kind of get the message like hey you know what I'm just I kind of I just can't bet like it it just ain't gonna happen during these four years that I'm here probably gonna have to save that until my after collegiate career while I'm here as a student athlete or working for the athletics department probably not betting on anything it's It's like the it's like the wild west with any new venture any new entity any new market right we're dealing with nil right now that's new we're dealing with sports betting that's new there are going to be individuals who understand early on that there are going to be loopholes and angles and edges to be gained for example there are some teams that have figured out or some universities that have figured out nil much better than other universities as a result, they will benefit from something like that. There are teams that haven't figured out how to use, utilize that the right way. They will fall behind. When it comes to sports betting, there are a lot of people who, and you might be 19 years old, you might be a college wrestler, you are inundated with advertising from FanDuel, from DraftKings, from Caesars, from BetMGM, over and over and over. Your state has regulated it. It seems like it's okay. So you as a wrestler, as a baseball player, place a bet on an NBA game and you think you're all right because you probably haven't paid attention to the rules because how many of us sign the bottom and read the full terms and conditions of our agreements, right? Anyone, anyone buy an Apple product and read the full terms and conditions? I always try, like the lawyer. No, you me. Like, don't. I'll start scrolling, and then I'm like, ah, screw so this. long. Anytime I send a package at UPS, you have to read the whole thing before you send it. It's like just I click the scroll to bottom button and then sign it. And they put that button in for a reason because no one wants to read that stuff. You would Story hope these student day. athletes, though, are getting these rules distributed to them in a way that they are being forced to get certainly it. Yeah, you got to yell at them. Yeah, and certainly this story, I think, is going to force them to recognize the importance of these rules. By the way, quickly, I mentioned the criminal aspect of this because that word keeps getting thrown around. You're not allowed to bet in the state of Iowa under 21 years old, so we don't have a lot of information, but maybe that is where this comes in. Maybe some of these uh, people who are being investigated are under 21 years old. 
that would make a lot of sense. 26 athletes from Iowa, allegedly about 15 uh, from Iowa State is what the university is reporting. Coming up next, are the Warriors done? We head back to the NBA. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Los Angeles Lakers are now the favorites to win the West after taking that series 3-1 last night, making things certainly more interesting and much, much harder for the defending champs. We will get into what happened last night in that series in just moments. But first, Joe, he's got some pizza money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Two player props for you in the Nuggets Suns Game 5 showdown tonight. Contavious Caldwell Pope over one and a half made three pointers. That bet is even money. Michael Porter Jr. over two and a half made three pointers. That bet is minus 103. In the terms of KCP, it's all about role players performing better at home than they do on the road. First two games of this series, he knocked down three three pointers and four three pointers. We only need two. He went on the road. He hit zero and zero in games three and four. So KCP over one and a half made three pointers. In addition to Michael Porter Jr. over two and a half made three pointers. Look at the first two games in this series. He only attempted six three pointers through the first two games. But in games three and four, when Chris Paul was out and the personnel changed, 19 three point attempts. He's got the green light, but they haven't moved the prop enough. So your final two pizza money selections of the night. Actually, we do have one more coming up in a little bit. I was lying. Michael Porter Jr. over two and a half made three pointers and Contavious Caldwell Pope over one and a half made three pointers. He's got a James screen to his left. He uses it. He drives, puts up a runner that's good. Lonnie Walker has been the fourth quarter story for the Lakers. Long two is on the way, and it's good from Lonnie Walker. My goodness, Reeves corrals it, but that's the end of the game. The Lakers were able to dribble it out as the Warriors didn't even try to foul, and the Lakers take a 3-1 lead over the Golden State Warriors. It's the playoffs. It's a long series. You know, just be ready for my number is called. You know, yesterday when we were previewing this series between the Lakers and the Warriors, I think we both said Lonnie Walker the fourth. He is the key yeah. to the victory for the Los Angeles Lakers, didn't we? Like we're like that dude. He it's not LeBron, it's not Anthony Davis. It's def this team is gonna go the way that Lonnie Walker the fourth goes. And the way that he went was fifteen points 
in the fourth quarter as the Lakers rallied late to take a 3-1 series lead with a 104-101 victory over the Golden State Warriors. Are the Warriors done, Joe? Yeah, they're cooked. You're not supposed to say that because of what we saw from 2015 to 2018 when they were racking up all those titles, but you can't let those years influence what you're going to say now. Some people would say, no, that's foolish. You should never count this team out. Wendy was talking about it today on Get Up. I can understand that. I respect that opinion. But the thing is, this is not the team from back in that era. Clay Thompson is older. He's not the same guy. He doesn't move as well because of the injuries. Draymond Green's still good, but he's not as good. And the biggest problem for the Warriors, they don't have any bench options. Back in the dynasty days, they always had good bench options. Sean Livingston could give him great minutes. Andre Iguodala would give him great minutes until he became a member of the starting five. JaVale McGee would come off the bench and give you four or five really good minutes of just pick and roll alley-oops until the other team made an adjustment and then he'd get yanked out of the game. Mo Buckets, Leandro Barbosa, the list goes on and on of guys who contributed in a big way. That first title, David Lee was coming off the bench because Draymond Green had become the starter. The Warriors don't have that anymore. They spent well over $100 million on Jordan Poole. He is giving them nothing. He played 10 minutes in yesterday's Game 4. He was 0 for 4. He didn't score a single point. He has been a complete waste of money in the playoffs. And I know that's unfair, but he's the guy they need to step up. And he is giving them absolutely nothing in this series. Steph Curry can't do it all. Andrew Wiggins is a nice scoring option, but he's not an elite scoring option. And when Clay's off and Poole's giving you nothing, Steph Curry is not going to give you 60 points a night. So yeah, the Warriors, everyone's going to be betting them in game five back in the Bay. Do or die with the dynasty on the line. They probably win that game. But to win that game, game six and game seven, I don't see it happening because Steph isn't going to be able to score 60 a night in each of the next three games. Well, Steph Curry certainly was trying to do it all last night. He did have another triple-double, 31 points, 10 boards, 14 assists, and 42 minutes of play from Steph Curry. He missed a couple of threes there at the end of the game. They would have won if he'd made those threes. I mean, it's not like the Warriors weren't right there, but they did let the Lakers come back. You mentioned Jordan Poole, 10 minutes Zero points, three rebounds, two assists. Tim Legler, ESPN's NBA analyst, was on Fitz and Harry earlier today, crushing Jordan Poole. I'm not sure about Jordan Poole anymore. He might. He, I don't know. If we see him in this series do anything because I think, I think he, the game, the end of game one has affected him. The criticism he took, the amount of of, of you know, of people coming at him, and he's a young player, so he's probably looking at social media. He's probably engaged and hearing all the chatter. He's been moody ever since. He doesn't look like his mind's in the right spot. I think he feels entitled to be given stuff rather than go earn it. He's in a bad place, so I don't know we see him. I, I mean, I don't know if he's in – like, I feel like the old man thing to say about any young man is like, he's entitled, right? I don't know if he's entitled, but he is 23 years old, and the importance of that there for me isn't necessarily that he's looking at social media more than, say, a Steph Curry is. It's that the Jordan Pools of the world were supposed to help this Warriors team age because you just mentioned an older team. Now, I guess the counter-argument to that is so are the Lakers, right? And so that excuse only goes so far when the superstar you're playing on the other side of this equation is actually older than any of you 
I mean, 38 years old for LeBron James. And yes, Clay Thompson's not the player that he once was. And frankly, Draymond's not even the player that he once was. Either is LeBron James. I can make that argument, even though LeBron is still phenomenal and yet still the greatest of this generation easily. He still ain't. You know, he's not 2016 LeBron. Like all of these guys are on the other side of their peak, Joe. It just feels like the Lakers are handling that a little bit better. And they are getting the help from the Lonnie Walkers, the fourth when they need it most, and the Warriors just aren't. Well, the thing with James is, you're right. He's not the guy we remember from five, six, seven years ago. He's not. But he's the not. thing I is, I get nervous saying that. Like, I feel like people are going to come at me in my mentions. Like, he's not. He's well, not that's why you got to wait for the second part. He's not the same guy, but he's found a way to adjust his game. He's found a way to change his game to get the most out of his production. Like with Steph, Steph is a scoring option. He's never going to be an elite defender. He's not terrible. He's not going to be a first-class facilitator, although he is good. He's not going to be some crazy rebounder. He's going to be your primary scoring option, and he's going to set things up for other guys. That's what he does. If that falls off, it's not like there's four or five other layers he can go to. He's just one of the game's all-time great scorers and the greatest shooter to ever play the game. James doesn't need to be the primary scoring threat. He can help you on the glass. He can facilitate. He can play defense. He can move around and play multiple positions. He's a floor general. He's calling things out. He's directing guys. He understands what the Warriors are trying to do. And last night, sure, it probably wasn't the best playoff game he ever played, but he gave you 27 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and a block. He played 43 minutes in that game. And by the way, the key... He's got a Robin to his Batman, and his name's Anthony Davis. He's been Sometimes. playing elite defense. He had 23 points. He had 15 boards. Steph's not getting that. If Steph and LeBron are going to go toe-to-toe, that's fine. But who's number two? The number two in L.A. has been far better than the number two in Golden State. And the bench in general for the Lakers has been far better than the Golden State bench. That's what it comes down to. The Lakers just have better options and have played a better brand of basketball. To the Jordan Poole point, something's going on in his head. And I bet it goes all the way back to Draymond Green knocking him out and then that video getting out to the public. Things have not been the same since. It is very clear that this has been a different year for the Warrior Dynasty. Chuck out the couple years where everyone was hurt and they didn't really compete. When you take the Dynasty years, last year's championship, and this year's run, this year has been drastically different. Clearly, there's a problem. They didn't win any games on the road. This team used to bond really well on the road. There's a very famous story about them being down, I think it was 2-1 when they were in Memphis the first year they won the championship. It was the second round of the playoffs. They had just dispatched of New Orleans, I want to say, in the opening round. I think they won game one, lost game two against Memphis, went went to Memphis, lost game three, and everyone's thinking, whoa, number one seed, they're going to get cooked. They went out to barbecue to dinner They had this together. They had this famous dinner, and it turned around the entire series. It turned around everything. I don't know if they do that sort of thing on the road anymore because I don't think Draymond and Jordan are cool, and I think that's caused a major problem in the locker room. You throw on the issues Andrew Wiggins was going through, it just doesn't feel like it's a team that has the same chemistry and culture that it used to have. I mean, Draymond Green did start this season punching Jordan Poole. So let's not forget that. I would imagine they're not cool. I would never be cool with Draymond again if I was Jordan Poole, frankly. You could understand how there'd be a fractured relationship there and fractures in the locker room. Also, just relationships over time change. Some of that team camaraderie is hard to maintain over the years. There's different egos. There's different things that get involved and certainly different contracts and salaries as well. I think when it comes to the Warriors, though, again, with this series, because I said it yesterday with this series when we were previewing this game, Joe, this series 
series is the most in terms of the analysis, in my opinion, has been the largest of the emotional swings. When the Lakers win a game, everyone tells me the Warriors are over. They're cooked. They're done. When the Warriors win a game, it's the Lakers are over. They don't have enough. AD's not consistent enough. They're done. They're not going to be able to get it get it going. I think the reality is that both of these teams are flawed. I think the reality is that both of these teams do have some issues in terms of the age of the team. And then in terms of the help that they either are or are not getting on any given night, LeBron James was phenomenal last night. You mentioned that box score, the box score, certainly not the gaudiest of box scores that we've seen from LeBron. He was everywhere. He was a facilitator. He was incredible. And he actually got the help from AD that we didn't know if AD was going to give him because AD had done this disappearing act every other game. He got the help from AD that he needed, and then they got it from a more unlikely source in Lonnie Walker, the fourth there. But they needed every ounce of that. I mean, again, the emotional swing of the series is now everyone's out on the Warriors. We're acting like the Warriors are cooked. They're done. If Steph had made those couple threes at the end, they would have taken this game, and the narrative would have been dramatically different. So we'll so see. So let me ask you this real quick. Let me ask you this. The odds have been readjusted in the Western Conference. The Lakers are actually the favorite now to win the West. Plus 140, which means a $100 wager returns 140 in profit. Would you bet? Do you believe they are the best team in the Western Conference? No. Do you believe they win the West right now? I think the Suns and the Nuggets are better than, than both of these teams. Interesting. Interesting. The Six thing is, one, one of them better. has to lose, though. One of them's going to lose. So when you're betting on one of them, it's a 2-2 series. Right. Like, if you want to play Denver, they're plus 185. If you like them to win tonight, after they win the game, these odds will change. Because they'll be up 3-2, and suddenly Denver might reclaim the role of favorite. So just keep that in mind if you're making any plays tonight. Which is, which is probably where I would have them at this point. Sixers Celtics right now in action. That game is at the half. 58 49 advantage Sixers who have been unbelievably dominant all game long. The Hurricanes, speaking of dominance, are up on the Devils 6-1. to one. They are in the midst of the second intermission. Coming up here on Joe and Amber, it is your turn to weigh in. We open up the phone lines to you. Anything you got for us, NBA takes, uh, Iowa scandal, whatever you got, whatever you want to discuss, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your phone calls now. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. We invite you to join the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We are going to get to your phone calls in just moments. But first, Joe is going to do what he does best. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Final one of the night, and it's a big one. It's the Nuggets minus six over the Suns. All the talk is about Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. All those guys are awesome. That's not what this is about. This game will be decided by the bench and the role players, and that favors Denver at home. Let's take a look at Phoenix's bench. In two home games, of which they won both, 62 total points on 51% shooting. That is going to get you a win every time. Phoenix's bench in two road games in this series, 28 total points on 27% shooting. That is going to get you a loss every time. Remember, games one and games two, double-digit wins for the Nuggets. I think it's a big one tonight as well. Final pizza money of the night, Denver Nuggets, minus six over the Phoenix Suns. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette. 
with Joe and Amber. 888-729-3776. Let's spin it. Casey. Casey is in Colorado. Hey, Casey. Thanks for the call tonight. What do you have for us? Hello. Um, I was wondering what the Nuggets need to do to retake the lead after losing their 2-0 lead. Tremendous question. Tremendous. Do you know why? Well-prepared, well-stated with confidence, didn't run on, didn't make five points, didn't turn it into his own personal radio show. Casey, that was delicious. Job That's well done. Amber, would you like to would you like to answer that? Uh, what do they have to what do the Nuggets have to do? Well, first of all, they have to get more production out of their bench. And yes. both Joe and I expect they are going to get more production out of their bench tonight because typically in across the NBA anyways, I mean, with all teams, the bench goes with home more than it does away, but also with this Denver Nuggets team in particular, this team is so much better at home. They have a decided advantage there. Obviously, in terms of the altitude, it's a very hard place to play there at Ball Arena. They are 34-7 and in the regular season, this past regular season at home, 5-0 and in the playoffs um, at home already. I expect that trend to continue tonight. I think they get that production from their bench that they need, the extra help that they need from that supporting cast. I also think they're going to have some math on their side as well. Devin Booker in Game 3 shot 80% from the field. In Game 4, he shot 78% from the field. He was 34 of 43 in shooting the last two nights, scoring 83 total points. At some point, I'm telling you, the math is going to kick in and the law of averages is going to have its say. It's immutable. How? I mean, he's like more efficient than any player ever in the history of the Ridiculous. <laughs> NBA. Like, it's unbelievable. Let's spin it. Q. Q is in Georgia. Hey, Q, thanks for the call. You're on air. Go ahead. How about it? I want to ask you guys, I don't know if you heard Max Kellerman today on uh, Get Up. He was talking about uh, sitting, sitting LeBron AD for game five. Do you think that's a good idea for them to get I, rest? I heard that that was a segment on Get Up today. And until this phone call, I didn't believe it. I had actually heard that Get Up had put on the screen that the Lakers should consider resting LeBron and AD in game five. Joe, why? Why are we? Why? What? What? We're the thought process. The playoffs are super. What is happening? I guess the thought process here is let go out, let Steph go out and play 30 plus minutes, Clay play 30 plus minutes, force all those guys to go out there, fight tooth and nail to keep the series alive, rest LeBron, rest AD, get him ready to play 40 plus, and then when you come back to LA for game six, it's all the eggs in that basket to go out there with those guys playing 40 plus minutes against the tired Warriors team who hasn't played well on the road pretty much all season long, save for games five and seven in Sacramento because they didn't have any success in L.A. So I think that's the thought process, but that doesn't mean that's what they should actually do. Well, I mean, you could you could just rest after you win the series. Like, how about that? Like, how about we just go ahead and wrap the series a little early and then get some rest? Here is Mike Greenberg when he was discussing this on Greeny. If I'm Darvin Ham, I have a conversation with LeBron and Anthony Davis and I say, guys, I'm leaving you in L.A. for this trip. 
There's no reason for you to come to San Francisco. We're not going to try and win five games in a best of seven. We're going to win the game that we have to win, which is game six, Friday night at home. Now, I'm being somewhat facetious when I say you don't even travel them, but I'm not kidding when I say you wave an early white flag. I don't want to see either of those guys play more than 25 minutes, and I'm resting up my big guns for my one shot at home. The Warriors have been awful on the road all year long. I don't bring my starting pitcher back on short rest when I'm up 3-2 in a series. I save him for game seven. If I'm Adam Silver, I'm making whatever phone calls need to be made. I am calling Darvin Ham so fast and telling him, like, this is not happening. Because you cannot have superstars load managing, which is essentially the suggestion there, in the playoffs, Joe. Also, just win the damn series, then rest. Well, yeah, but that's what he's advocating for. The best way to win the series is to go ahead and get your rest now and then go out and play and win in game six. That just, I see what he's trying to say. It just feels like you're flirting with danger trying to get that cute. Go win game five in the Bay Area. Like, what's stopping you from winning that game? Exactly. You've already won three or four. Exactly. I mean, they're in a, they're they're up three one in this series. I don't know why we're acting like it's unattainable for LeBron James and Anthony Davis and a better supporting cast than it appears right now. Anyways, the Warriors have had the last couple of games to go into the Bay Area and actually get one. I, I don't know why we're acting like that is an outlandish concept. Resting. <laughs> oh, Greeny. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.